This week on the Magnificently Huge Podcast, is this thing on? Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Welcome everyone once again to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. My name is Brian, and this week my friends Chris and Eric are going to join me to try and salvage a failed recording. Uh, we sat down to do our uh, episode on Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon, his his Star Wars pitch that was turned into a Netflix film, and it, it's it's a movie. Um, but uh, we re- we record the show on Zoom, and Zoom kind of crapped out on us, and uh, we thought we had it, but we didn't, and we lost about half the show's recording. So we came back this week and did a uh, another half a show, and it, and it's all just going to be that segment that we do every week, the uh, the watching new things segment we call the fresh shit. Uh, so uh, well, we will hit on Rebel Moon, don't worry. Uh, so check the check the show notes for timestamps of any of the topics you might uh, want to listen to and links to some of the things we talk about. And yeah, let's uh, let, let's salvage this turd. Welcome back to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. The thing I do every other week, really every week, every other week, I'm not sure, every week or every other week, so that I get two hours I don't have to do chores around the house. Welcome. I'm Eric. <laughs> hey, Eric. I'm Brian. You don't have an anecdote, Brian? I mean, Brian. I'm going to do Brian. some chores after the we record the podcast. So Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, they're waiting for me. They are waiting yeah. for me. Because this we're, is preparing our, uh, we're preparing our house to sell it so we can move to Pittsburgh. Oh, you're not? Okay. Got you. I got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this is, again, Chris, if you didn't catch that and... Uh, I also uh, do chores, but I do them in the morning when I'm actually awake. Uh, and I look forward to hearing Eric's wife in the background at the end of this episode, <laughs> nagging him to go do his chores. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, welcome to the program uh, where hello. we got to. Uh, do you feel like we're punching low on this one? I couldn't quite yeah. reconcile <laughs> that one way or the other, but I. Yeah. Uh, Zack Snyder's Star Wars. What could be more culturally relevant? <laughs> I felt like the trending nature of this meant open season, but having watched it, I'm like, let me get this straight. So, uh, uh, a a Star Wars sort of knockoff made by the guy who made you know those horrible DC superhero movies, uh, and we expect it to not suck. Come on. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, we'll get into yeah. it. We'll get into we it. We can get into it. But yeah, I just was making sure because uh, there's yeah. there's a lot of chatter online uh, on the opposite side where it's basically if you if you don't Zach like Snyder Moon, can do no wrong. Yeah. If you don't you like it, you're some sort of cultural gatekeeper. And it's like, no, yeah. every issue I have is not specifically because it's a Zack Snyder movie. It's because of all the bullshit that's terrible. No, you're biased. It happens to be. <laughs> Yeah, so we can get into it. Let me get this joke out of the way. It is actually a very successful rebel moon in that you can see all the dangly uh, rebel balls hanging under the moon. I don't think it would work in context, so I just said this is so like the like the sci-fi version of truck nuts. 
is what you're yes. talking about. Yes. Okay. That's good. <laughs> oh, see, I should have consulted. That's that's yeah. a good. Yeah. You, oh, you got to workshop no. this stuff, man. You got to workshop it. <laughs> oh, God. You can't just go out and be your one man show without running up past a few people first. Uh, yeah. I got to do a couple of uh, late night open mics on, on this yeah. shit. Yeah. 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 We're doing previews in Baltimore. You got to come out and check it. Yeah. That's the okay. Deal. Well, let's take a fresh shit. This shit is fresh. Oh, shit. It's fresh. It's Fresh shit. A segment where we talk about things we've been watching and doing and 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 things. Mm. Yeah, dying a slow death. Culturally. What do we got? Uh, I can start with a peppy little banger that I've been listening to on Spotify uh, ad nauseum the last week or so by a band called Fizz, uh, and it's as effervescent as their band name suggests. But it's a song called The Secret of Life, which is apparently off a new album called The Secret of Life. I yeah, I took a listen to that. It's peppy, man. It's fucking like, just turn that on in the morning after you've had like two or three cups of coffee and some mm-hmm. Coke. And uh, just embrace your day. I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it's like they're, they're like Chumbawamba, but good. I don't know, really. They're I, like a collective. I'll, 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 I'll tell you how it hit me. And, and maybe that's just because of context for me. Um, yeah. But, but there's all of these like millennial bands that, you know, kind of like stomp on things and say, hey, you know, yeah. and um, it's kind of like a, an update of that. Like 10 years later, this is kind of where we're going. And the reason that's on my mind is the other day, um, I went to see Duran Duran, but the opening act was Fits in the Tantrums. Oh, God. Very much one of those millennium. Actually, Fits in the Tantrums are a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean they're not bad, but they're definitely not uh, serious. Let's put it that way. No, no, they're they're not. Great but name, but they're they're definitely a millennial band. But but Fizz Fizz is probably yeah. post millennial. I did they, they something, but I just randomly found it through some YouTube rabbit hole because the algorithm still throws stuff at me from time to time, and and I'm like, okay, I'll take it or leave it. So I will give it a shot. And it's like got this, it starts out with like, you know, very percussive backbeat and it's very loud and very in your face. And then they're kind of like half singing, half screaming the lyrics almost, Mm -hmm. but it's just, it like makes sense, but doesn't make sense. But it's like, I hide my shit in the closet. I got some space if you want it. It's cool. It isn't a problem now, right now. And then they go into this, like, just really peppy three minutes of just uh you know hyper speed music and it's just and it's fun and it's catchy and i don't really know how to explain it and it's ultimate it's just dumb it's an empty calorie song but it's just wormed its way into my brain and i can't stop thinking this is like a couple years ago when wet leg came out and it just Mm -hmm. i couldn't get uh shays long 
out of my head. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. And, and it's just, whenever that hits, I'm always just sort of, I'm half, uh, shocked, half, uh, afraid. <laughs> like what is going on? Is my brain being rewired by this <laughs> band I've never heard of before? Uh, but I highly recommend it if you want like just a good, like kickback, just have some fun kind of a song. Yeah, that, no, that game. really was a song. The first time you hear it, you can hear your source code being rewired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of what it is because like it started, and I'm just sort of half watching the video on YouTube, and then like you, you kind of almost feel like the hair in your arm pick up a little bit, like a little bit of staticky, and you kind of go, "Oh, I kind of like this," you know. Mm. And then you roll down, and it's just you kind of let it grow over you. So it's fun. Uh, I listened to some other stuff too, and you might want to check their album out, Brian, because some of their songs, it literally sounds like it was plucked straight from some sort of modern Broadway musical. Hmm. There's like no, no context at all for that, other than it just sounds like a song that should be in a Broadway show. I mean, um, generally and, speaking, I prefer that kind of music live. I'm not sure I want to listen to it recorded, but <laughs> yeah, well, and I, and I followed the rabbit hole and I went and looked at some of their live stuff that they've done. Some of it mostly in promotion of the new album and whatnot, but they're tight, man. They're fucking tight because it it sounds not entirely unlike what the recorded version is. I mean, the harmonies and everything. So it's very impressive musicianship, nice. uh, and it's just fun. I doubt they're they're going to make a big splash anywhere in the states. It's going to be one of those sort of culty bands. I'm I'm they're they're going to sure. be effervescent and evanescent. <laughs> yeah exactly because they're fizz mm -hmm. you're welcome but it's fun uh which speaking of efforts mess and also rolls into my other one uh big movie i watched recently was uh good burger 2 the Why? oh how the hell does in this the, exist it's the, yeah another 30 years in the making sequel to an, a, a cult hit from the 90s starring keenan and kel uh, there's no reason for this to exist, exactly. I feel like but it's it guilt on the part of Keenan. Yeah, uh, because where's Kelvin exactly? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Kel does all right, but it's not like you can anticipate Keenan Thompson getting hired by Saturday Night Live and then ending up its longest serving cast member in history. Well, and Keenan and Kel was basically Saturday Night Live on Nickelodeon, right? Like, it's basically yeah, yeah. all he's ever done. And Kel is just, you know trash on the side of the road <laughs> yeah but i have to admit i love the first good burger movie i mean i'm definitely not that age demographic so i was not like religiously watching this shit on nickelodeon and i didn't watch good burger for years because it's just not my demo but i ended up watching it one time i'm like this is actually a very funny movie okay how does and, good burger 2 work like whatever 20 30 years later like is it is uh, it like a clerks 2 situation where where they're still working there or what uh well uh ed is still working there he's the manager of the good burger because they had the secret sauce uh that was a big success from the first movie uh keenan's character is off doing his own thing trying to do like uh like his own business where he's selling products that's sort of like the the sham wow guy it's that kind of vibe and uh, and it all just sort of falls apart so he has to go back to work at the good burger blah 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 i mean it's a really i mean it's almost like the the way blues brothers starts it's just sort of hey we're getting the band back together it's that kind of vibe and then mm -hmm. there's just a shit ton of uh unnecessary celebrity cameos peppered throughout the entire thing but it's not grating. 
I was surprised at how not grading that kind of thing was. Uh, so they did it right. But it's also ultimately, it's just sort of like, yeah, I just watched Good Burger 2. Okay. I mean, that's literally how you feel when you come out of it. It's like it it, it washed <laughs> over me. It was a good hour and a half of just it's, it's, mind-numbing it's, comedy. It's kind of like how you feel after you go to a fast food restaurant and eat a burger. You're like, yeah. well, I regret my or, decisions. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I don't think I've regretted it. It's more, it's more like if you have a really good uh, bowel movement, you know. But that's you just that's you, for us. There are super fans of that show who I'm sure are like, <laughs> "Fuck yeah, finally!" Yeah, More. yeah, that's fair. But it works because Ed is just that character. Just it, it's funny because it's just so simple yet effective. You know, welcome to Good Burger. My name is Ed. How may I help you? You know, I mean, it's just literally the entire movie is hinged on that character and it just works somehow. So it's, it's ridiculous. So if you need a uh, uh, nostalgia thrown at you that you, nobody asked for, then yeah, check out Good Burger too. <laughs> okay. That's, that's my, yeah, that's my thing. Interesting choice. Yeah. All right. right. I thought so. Thank you. So, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll put some stuff up here. Um, on my 20 hour flight to India, I watched the entirety of both seasons of the show. I hate Susie on, uh, is that the one with what is that? What's your face from Dr. Who? Yeah. It's Billy Piper. Okay. Okay. So, um, it starts out with the premise of, uh, Susie, Billy Piper is one of the like, you know, creators and show showrunners, basically like she and this other woman kind of wrote it, wrote it all. And the other woman directs every episode and Billy Piper is practically in every shot. Um, but uh, so it starts out as this thing about this character who seems very much like Billy Piper, who is this actress who used to be a uh, like a child star musician. And then it, she's like doing a publicity shoot on the day that her phone is hacked and pictures of her blowing some black dude who's clearly not her husband uh, hit the internet and her life just completely crumbles. And it's like watching her try to maintain her, um, her fame and her, her marriage and everything else while it's all just going to shit. And, um, at first, I'm like, eh, but as it keeps going, it gets better and better and better. Um, the first season has eight episodes, with, and all the titles are Shock, Denial, Fear, Shame, Bargaining, Guilt, Anger, and Acceptance. And they, um, they're thematically on point. Like, the Fear episode is a scary episode. And the, you know, the shock episode is a shock episode. Like they edit them. They, they, they keep the, the, uh, the tone right. And honestly, Billy Piper acts her ass off throughout this because she's pulling all kinds of emotions and the camera is on her in an unforgiving way. And just about every character at first, my impression was every character in the show is just a, selfish asshole including our hero but as it moves along and the scripts are well written i realize I actually no every character is a full-fledged 
rounded human character who all act selfishly and hurt each other, but it, it, it was better than I thought it would be. It's a drama, but it worked. And so when you say you watched the entire thing, was it all, all in one sitting on the flight there? Yes. Yeah. I had downloaded all the episodes onto the max app okay. and I just let it roll. Like binged it. Good Lord. Do you, would you have done that? Do you think if you had not been trapped on a plane um, for a day? I, it was bingeable. I mean, the first season is only eight episodes long. The second season is only three episodes long. So it's not like uh, okay. a gotcha. big long sit, you know, and each one is less than an hour. Okay. So That's fair. Doable. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's a, um, it wasn't funny. I was expecting it to be funnier. But actually, it was uh, it it was just a good story, a good character study. So it's not funny like Schindler's List is funny. It's yeah, it's certainly a different kind of humor than than Schindler's List. I agree with that. <laughs> it's Eric's favorite comedy, by the yeah. way. Just in case you weren't aware, which sounds really bad out of context, you know. Yeah, but that's part of the fun. Yeah, the lack of context. Uh, so were you were you watching this on your your tablet? I assume on my right? phone. Yeah. So. Oh really? Okay. So you went like the full commuter, just. Oh yeah. All. Yeah. Okay. No, I, like like I said in the last episode, I packed everything into my carry on, so I was I was I was traveling light. Um, that is so crazy. That is that makes me so jealous because the last time I did a full on like go to the other side of the world kind of trip, uh, the technology had not quite gotten there yet mm. so i was on a korean air flight going from los angeles to seoul korea for my layover and they still had a like a movie screen at mm -hmm. the front of the cabin mm -hmm. and like an actual projector and they showed oh god some some movie like a western from the 50s like last train from boot hill or something oh, like pain. this is the most incongruous thing i've ever seen and that was on my way there before i realized that you for an international flight you can just really just drink a shit ton of beer and then drop a xanax mm -hmm. and then you're just good to go that and, didn't happen yeah and you might die but that's okay you know <laughs> yeah that's part Fine. of the fun so i envy you the fact that you had options is what I'm saying. i did and I, I i was prepared i i had downloaded so much stuff i didn't watch any like half of it but i was i was good to go the other you thing i games? huh you play games too? Or you I just brought my movies? Switch and I'd never played. I played like five minutes of Zelda and I was just like, nah. That's that's astonishing. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other thing I did watch, and I watched this on a on a real TV before I left. Um, but uh, we we finally pulled the trigger. Why not on a Blue Beetle? Oh, because mm. that exists. Okay. Uh. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I think they should have called that corporate product. They should have just called it that, you know, and and I mean, and given yet another superhero movie with all of the same superhero ness to it. I I tried watching it and I just went, I'm done. Same situation. I was on a plane. I'm trapped. I'll give it a shot. And I just went, oh, I know it's going to happen now. And for the next two hours, and I left. I mean, well, I feel kind of bad for Blue Beetle because you know it's it's got the whole ethnic tip so it's making very They're keeping it there it's yeah. it's gonna stay yeah. in the uh the, the 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 gun universe yeah 
Well, what I feel bad about is because it came on the heels of uh, Black Adam and that Shazam movie. Yeah. Where they basically just all flat out said, yeah, the the Zack Snyder verse is done. We're we're killing it. And then I mean, it's definitely <laughs> you know, funny. It's definitely your Latino superhero, right? If, I mean, yeah. I I expect that there are eight year old Hispanic boys who love the shit out of this Blue Beetle movie. And it's for them. It's not for me. I know that I'm a 50 year old white dude, right? Like it's right. it's not not for me. But here's the thing. It's like. It's so derivative. It's literally everything. He's like the Iron Spider Batman with the Flash's family, but he's also Ms. Marvel, and he has a literal Nintendo Power Glove, and he's got Night Owl's ship from Watchmen, but he, when he loses his powers, he's naked like the Hulk, and the enemy has like Dr. Octopus armor, and the whole thing is superhero in Kanto, where the family is involved in everything, right? Like <laughs> superhero in Kanto. Oh, oh, and he can Green Ryan Lantern Cougar. stuff, and he's also yeah. Venom, and he has a goddamn Buster Sword from Final Fantasy, and the bad guy is basically RoboCop. Um, it's just, it's just that sounds everything. That sounds an awful, that sounds an awful lot like the first Ant Man movie. Well, Without it has the, the vibes Latino of Spy stuff. Kids. Like it feels like a Ooh. Spy Kids movie. Okay. Um, well, never mind. And actually, I right see now. a writers' room where they're going, "Okay, put in the Iron Man, and then put in the RoboCop, and then put in the Batman, and then put in the." And somebody says, "You know, how is this going to work? It has to work. Put it all in." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. There's a little bit of the Matrix in it. Um, yeah. No. Uh, the there's one there's one bit that's really like. I don't I don't fully understand this this part. Okay, so we've got the sort of like the message, in fact the message our hero has for his the enemy is odd job who basically turns into Maximilian from the black hole crossed with Magneto and um like a a Jaeger from Pacific Rim, but the deal is that he has to teach this guy that it's not okay to kill because Batman or something. But um but I'm not sure how this lesson sticks because this kid's grandmother kills the shit out of baddies right in front of him, like gets out a fucking Gatling gun and just hoses him down like, hey, what's with you in the not killing, you know, uh, Miho? Kill kill them all. <laughs> and, and That's my abuela. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, <Yo>. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And, and and yet the lesson he takes is don't kill so like what he's got a beef with grandma now like this is not addressed at all in the blue beetle movie yeah uh, i mean when it when it came out i just it seemed like it just got shot out just because they had to yeah i mean it's not bad like i said it's made for 18 year old latino boys good good for that but yeah, there was a reason why it was okay it was produced to be direct to the max streaming service and then they decided to give it a theatrical release um so while it was made for max it was made on a max budget and uh it shows interrupt our program to bring you this important message.
We interrupt this program for a special news bulletin. Zoom has crashed. The magnificently huge podcast has been interrupted. Half the show has been lost. We turn now to oh fuck it. Um, yeah, uh, our our whole <laughs> our, show got destroyed, or at least half of it. Are um, we sure that uh, this is recording now? How will I know? Um, will I know? How will you know? No, we won't know. We is existence real? That's no. true. This is veering into Sartre territory. I'm very concerned. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but basically, the bottom line is that we did a whole show about Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon, where we basically shit all over it because uh, it's a Zack Snyder movie. And all that magic was lost. <laughs> and rather than try to put that lightning back in a bottle, we're just forging ahead with this particular. Well, I mean, why we come back and redo all of it for you, for you, <laughs> yeah. you ungrateful pile of shit for you. <laughs> Can can we spend a few minutes shitting on Rebel Moon? Because oh yeah, Rebel Moon. Oh yeah, oh <laughs> yeah. It, it ate two and a half hours of my life. I I think it deserved a little bit of uh, that you'll never get back. Yeah, anger. I wish I could remember some of the good zingers we had because there were quite a few. It was the probably the best show we ever did that didn't get recorded, uh, as far <laughs> yeah. as you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. I mean, trying to recreate that genius. There's still a lost episode about punk covers that that we never yeah, released yeah. from like yeah, six years that ago. I that I spent a lot of time on, man. I spent so much time. No, I didn't. <laughs> uh, so, so Rebel Moon. Let me just say this. I mentioned this in the the fucked up recording session, but I think it's probably the best description of it. It is the most mirthless grab bag of sci-fi. I have ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. It's like, it wants to be star Wars. It wants to be Dune. It wants to be this. It wants to be that. And it has l no humor at all. It's just oh. dour. It, it has cliches and yes. And, 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 oh yeah, it's, it's shot by a guy who's a, doesn't care about story. He only cares about the visuals, but the visuals are drab. Uh, he has two or three colors and, <laughs> And considering yeah. they built whole sets for this thing, it looks like it was shot on CG. green screen. What? Badly. They built sets? They yeah, literally built sets. sets. Whole cities. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What? It, crazy, nothing. Right? It, it, it looks worse than The Mandalorian. <laughs> you can't be serious. <laughs> they shot the whole oh, thing. Oh, come on like now. They, so that like all that land they're farming on, that's there. They, they, they like created a, a, a village around that. Probably because yeah. part two takes place more around that village, I'm guessing. But uh, and because and maybe of, part two of will that, be there's no creativity. You know, it looks like it looks like a I don't know, it looks like a stretch of Fortsite, Arizona, really. <laughs> I mean honestly, like watching Rebel Moon made me want to go back and revisit Jupiter Ascending and give it another shot. Jupiter Ascending I, is so much better than Rebel Moon. Well, that's just it. I read all this other stuff, these movies that I sort of took a pass on because they just wasn't interested, but they're like, yeah, stuff like Jupiter's Ascending, they're just so batshit crazy weird that it's worth your time almost. Mm. So I'm curious now, but like Rebel Moon, it's just, no, so it's just, it's every cliche in the fucking book. Ugh. It It's so my takes from that, that I wanted to make sure I at least captured in some way, right? One. There are no characters that have any arcs, like nothing <laughs> ties together. It's just vignette, vignette, vignette. It's almost more like a Saturday morning kids show in that none of the scenes connect to any of the other scenes in any meaningful way. Um, none of the characters who join up in their little Magnificent Seven thing have any motivation to do so. It makes 
no damn sense. Zero sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's actually a, a point I remember making was that another ensemble, let's get a bunch of people together to help fight the one big bad guy that really worked. Yeah. Was the 80s Saturday morning cartoon version of Flash Gordon. Which is the <laughs> filmation. Yeah, the filmation one and, from like 79, yeah. right? And yeah. every episode, he would pick up a new ally in his battle against good, King the too. Merciless, and that ally would be there the next week. It's like it would, yeah. it they wouldn't forget what happened the previous week, but that had enough time that he ends up building up an army against Ming, yeah. which is really the same story they're doing for Rebel Moon, only in a uh, magnificent seven fashion. kind of way. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, yeah, no time spent uh. building any character. Everyone is just. Oh yeah, that's right. There was an interview with Zack Snyder doing promotion for this, and I think Brian mentioned it that he, it was he yeah. yeah he refers to his characters. Well, there's this one, and he's the guy with the muscles and the long hair. That's the 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 length yeah. of he yeah of he doesn't wear a shirt. I think it's how he described him. <laughs> yeah, it's like, then oh, there's yep, Asian lady much. with swords. She's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She uh, fights a big giant spider. Yeah, it, it was the, just the other yeah. bits I wanted to 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 pound on right was the um the music is so ponderous and so terrible like you yes. really get a sense of of what you yeah. know john williams brings to a movie when you compare it to something and, like this which is funny that you mentioned that because when the movie starts and it's just that long sloggy exposition dump from uh hannibal lecter uh as the, sounds the so spaceship tired. like I feel so yeah. bad for him. Yeah. I mean it's a it's a paycheck. But it's like the spaceship basically comes through a rift in the space time continuum and it basically looks like uh it's getting shot out through some sort of like uh celestial <laughs> vagina. It's just the and you can't tell me that that's not on purpose. Zach of course Snyder. it's on purpose. It's so dumb. So you get through that but at no point do you get like the John Williams Star Wars score which really gets you pumped and makes you ready and my first thought watching this thing was like if this is the score this is going to be the longest two and a half hours of my goddamn and, life and it's, it's really, nothing and and that's that leads to my other point which is that there's so much it, there's so much nothing happening and so much slow-mo that i actually was able to watch this movie at 1.5 speed <laughs> on netflix which awesome. was a, a good move i applaud yeah. your genius brian i actually watched it just in real time and thought i would put a gun in my mouth at one point it was just um you, wanna, uh, you know you want to hear some of the 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 character names in this movie they had names uh, this is just blew me yes. away because i've got the the, the 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 wikipedia open right now here's some of the names okay. <laughs> titus gunner nemesis uh a yeah. uh, blood axe and these are you know these are like the the people you know th th these aren't like like machines that were named this by other people this is yeah. somebody with zero irony go oh i know i'll call him what's he the skywalkers used i'll use blood axe yeah <laughs> well it's just you know we 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 definitely came to the conclusion that Zack snyder is not a writer by any stretch no no the and only time he's only... ever done well is when he has source material that's that, that, that was the big thing right the yeah. he all of his movies where the visuals are really striking are because he was working off of comic books and he was literally recreating the comic panels that somebody else had right. drawn that understood mm -hmm. the visual language. When he's doing Frank Miller, when he's doing uh, Watchmen, right? Like those pop, like when he's doing 300, it pops, right? But when he's mm -hmm. doing this or 
casino of the dead or whatever it it's just just slow-mo it's just he has no yeah. idea what the composition should be he can only crib from somebody else who understands composition though i still yeah. say dawn of the dead is the best zombie like non non-comedy zombie movie made yeah but again that's just a straight up following uh, it's yeah it's a you redo I mean? but he, did, he didn't reshoot it he didn't like copy the framing from the original yeah well i mean if you look at his film catalog i mean he starts strong with dawn of the dead then he does 300 which just became like a huge cultural phenomenon and so much shit followed that sort of uh vibe for a long time and then you get watchmen which is a very dense graphic novel to try to adapt and i think he did an admirable job oh yeah i still enjoy watching it it's still it's still good i'm surprised it didn't do as well mm. uh but then you get like the the al cartoon movie which i never bothered with and then sucker punch which is basically oh. his like vanity project because he oh. had all that cachet and that is the like what in the fuck am i watching and yeah. that's literally the bar that has been set ever since for everything he's ever done it's oh. just ugh. That reminds yeah. me Sucker that all punch <laughs> is so evilly bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the first. Uh. It's the first movie ever done on uh, how did this get made podcast. Really, hey, that's funny. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, I mean that that's actually fair. That's fair because you watch it. And it's just it's nothing but set pieces that look yeah. cool, but they've got no contextual fiber. So it's literally just a fever well, dream of it's nerd worse nerdism. Yeah, it's worse than that. It's like I the you know I, I'm watching the first Fever Dream. I'm like, wait a minute, I I missed something. Why am I why am I seeing this now? And then yeah, you you realize whenever she dances, or rather, mm -hmm. whenever she's being you know sexually molested, mm -hmm. she she comes to this fantasy land of fighting dragons that has absolutely no impact on her real life. She's just getting yeah. molested, and we're not seeing it. It's like, oh yeah, that's that's female power yeah. it's just <laughs> ick the whole thing is ick yeah so so, so back, that back to the rebel moon <laughs> yeah speaking speaking of Tella and her meaningless existence yes speaking of other oh. creators um making fun of Zack snyder i put the link in the show notes but really everything you need to know about why rebel moon sucks was covered perfectly by the oral knots who once again go to Star Wars, but they make Zack Snyder's Star Wars, where they re-edit Star Wars in the style of Rebel Moon, and it's, it succinctly shows you exactly what's wrong yeah. with this movie. Mm. My favorite bit in that whole whole thing that the Arl Nuts did was they do the the Death Star meeting room scene where the guy's like, you know, your sorcerer's ways don't frighten me, and then Vader chokes the dude out. But it's literally this like one long drawn out slow motion choke <laughs> that has no reason to exist other than it would be a Zack Snyder <laughs> thing. It's yeah. just it's to a T. It made made me laugh really hard. I have to admit. Uh, another so, okay. Another thing uh, to complain about with this movie, in my opinion, is mm -hmm. um, okay. So it's the Magnificent Seven. If you remember the Magnificent Seven, it's a bunch of basically specialists, right? There's the guy with the right. knives. There's the guy who's a sniper. There's the guy who's a quick draw. There's there's a lot of different specialties. And they do the same thing, kind of, in that they chase after these people to help them who all end up having some specialty. There's the Asian lady with the swords. There's the uh, uh, aged general who was, you know, 
led who, the resistance yeah. against blah blah blah. There's who was the, allegedly a great tactician, yet he yes. never does anything tactical. In That's the my point. Movie. That's my point. Yeah, there's the 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 uh, guy who has a bunch of ships, and in the end, they all punch people. It's like it's yeah. all it's just all reduced to or, okay, start punching people. Yeah, or shoot. I mean, Zack Snyder, for all of his flair with stuff like Three Hundred, he he really creates the most boring ass gunfight scenes yeah. ever yeah okay it's like do you really exception. need to slow it down do you really need to slow like whoosh and do the john woo bullshit all over again yeah. it's like no you don't the, you the don't. one exception i i will give this movie this the fight between cora and titus on the platform in the end was pretty bomb uh-huh. i mean she knocked fucking teeth out that was I, i'm gonna i'm gonna give him that i know i enjoyed she knocked that. him so hard he went he went back to iron sky that character. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah. And then thing. and then we find out they can raise the dead and I'm like, you know, you really could have made one movie if you had just trimmed some of the fat on this, you know? I mean, do you feel bad for Netflix that they got nope. conned? It's like they no, just threw a no. shit ton of money at him and just said go for it, like they were well, going to make something new. That's Netflix yeah. with everything. I mean, if yeah. you're if you're going to put your sign out like that, you know, expect comers. Ah, <laughs> just terrible. <laughs> So, are you gonna even bother with part two? Totally. Oh yeah, we have kidding? a podcast. We got. We need. We need. Yeah, Chris for the Good mill Lord. content. Oh shit! Well then, well we might and as also, well just do the uh, the R rated director's think, cut of Rebel Moon. Oh, I think shit no, will no, actually no. happen this time. You know, <laughs> not just a guy breaking a horse for ten minutes and asking me to give a fuck. No, it's going yeah. to be the face off, and then we're going to kill off some of these meaningless characters, but in a way that makes us think it's meaningful. You know, something but you I mentioned, mean, the music, yeah. and it, it makes me think this this sort of proves what I've been saying, that things like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and Jurassic Park would have been utterly forgettable if it wasn't for John Williams. Absolutely. That's the, that's yeah. the reason we think these things are good. If you gave each of those movies like a Casio keyboard 80s kind of soundtrack, it would yeah. be forgetten, forgotten, gone. Oh yeah. Well, but not 100%. only that. The, if well, but you also have to have a zippy. Well, not zippy. Like Star Wars is not a zippy script because it's still got some clunky dialogue because it's George Lucas. Yeah. No, it's. But at least it had. It was at least it was fun. It knew what it was doing. Like Rebel Moon, its characters experienced it, things together yeah, and bonded I, as a result. Yeah, and yeah. I watch it yeah. as yeah, a grown it, up, and I think the only thing keeping this from being Corman territory is John Williams' score. That's no, Ben Burtt's sound effects are also important. Yeah, well, true. true. <laughs> but but as you as you look at Rebel Moon, like if you watch this back to back with say Battle Beyond the Stars, uh, hands down, Battle Beyond the Stars would be a better movie. Mm. And oh, that, yes. I don't know if that's damning or if that's praise. That's the writing. The sh- that's the writers caring about characters because give I'll give Battle Beyond the Planets this, however cheesy it is all of the characters were given a moment for you to figure out who they are. Yeah. You know, you well, actually care deal, about though. weird space trucker, George Papard. Yeah. You know, well, that's kind of where I'm going. That's the difference between Zack Snyder as the screenwriter and John sales as the screenwriter. Yeah. Like John yeah. sales knows what he's doing and he's good. Whereas Snyder, it's like, just don't, don't try to write your, your movies, man. Just don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Star Trek five so, all over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God. What does God so, need yeah. with a starship? Did we get Kobayashi marooned? I can't tell. 
<laughs> fucking Star Trek reference every show, Eric. I'm gonna slap you. <laughs> Thank you. But you see, this because time I didn't actually say the words Star Trek. You oh, did. I know. So it, it it's even better. Uh, so, okay. so it's um, my fault. Way to gaslight, sir. <laughs> it, right, in pre- right. In the previous <laughs> recording, Eric, you had some fresh shit on a green dot aviation. Yes, uh, I'm I'm a disturbed person, so I like watching uh, uh, disturbing <laughs> shit. And I, okay, on YouTube there is a channel called Green Dot Aviation, Link which in the basically examines uh, plane crashes, and they you know they they go through. Here's what here's what it looks like because they use a, a simulator to to show the plane, probably Microsoft Flight Simulator, and they take off from the same airport. They make the same accident happen. They explain how it happened, and they go into you know how many people died because of it. And the thing that I think made you guys squirm is I told you I discovered it while on a flight to Japan, on the flight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm watching this shit. I'm watching like, yeah, planes getting like like you know getting dashed into rocks <laughs> on a plane full of people because i was just like am i allowed to do this you know what i think yeah. i am but yeah. to be fair in your defense sir you were still the man who came up with the idea when the movie alive came out in 1991 <laughs> about the plane crash in the andes you wanted to go in and then about midway through right as they're about to eat all the people you wanted to go grab some hot dogs from the <laughs> <laughs> the counter and just eat eat like a hot dog in the middle of the movie so that's your that's your just your bent yeah i was yeah. such a child if i was doing that today i'd say i'd bring barbecue that would yeah, really make people go wait a minute <laughs> right? right yeah yeah uh but how much for yeah. just a rib yeah it's uh, so that was my my fresh shit then but i gotta say because we're doing a redux i'm gonna say last night i went to see lisa frankenstein Ooh, I was good. gonna bring that too. Let's do it. Very good. It? I it is it, it okay. It is not an '80s uh, uh, film, but it is so close. It's like the homage is just about perfect. There is so many. There's so many scenes that are framed just like Heather's. Uh, they get the clothes almost right. The clothes they are about perfect. Lot. Yeah, they get a lot pretty goddamn close, including a supporting actress who I believe was cloned from. Uh, um, Hates. God damn it. Fuck. I can't remember That's her name. Carla Giugino, right? Or or no, are you thinking about That's the... That's the mom. I'm thinking the... of the sister. Oh, okay. Phoebe. Yeah, she looks like she was cloned from Phoebe Cates. It's like... Okay, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. A near... Interesting. Yeah, it's a near perfect... Yeah, I. it's not even spoof. It's homage. And it's the same kind of dopey, uh, good girls don't explode kind of funny, cheesy 80s well, movie, <clears throat> I think. Isn't this... It's... it's uh written by diablo cody right mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay so that would explain a good chunk of that vibe then okay, yeah cool yeah uh, Catherine newton who is going to be our future ant woman in marvel right she was she's the daughter of ant-man and she was also right. the lead in freaky um is our our lisa frankenstein who is yeah. this very 80s girl whose mom was killed by an axe murderer and yeah she she like accidentally discovers that with lightning she can reanimate the dead and she's got this like unmarried corpse that comes back to life from the graveyard she visits all the time and then he's missing body parts so now they need to harvest body parts from other people and kill them and find ways to reanimate so them like, and it's like fucked frankenhooker up. it's like it, a frankenhooker kind of kind of i mean yeah. okay like i say there are elements of all of those 
80s sort of comedy horror films in this. Okay. Got it. Uh, they, let's see, what was the thing though? That, that actress though, God damn it. She was so convincing as a teenager. I have not yeah. seen that in a movie probably ever where I really believed. Cause I'm like, how old is this person? She's got to be 25 if she's actually in a movie, but she, she yeah. mumbles the same way. She looks away and like rolls her eyes in the same way. It's very convincing. Yeah. I'm, yeah. So yeah, it almost took me out of it, me going, God damn it. How good is she at this? She's yeah, great. She's, at, yeah. 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 She's she like had, 27. So, so when it's she a, was a the teenager, she like, took good notes. That's all I can say. <laughs> so the, it's the difference between her in this and say, uh, uh, Rizzo in Greece, Stockard Channing, who was like 35 or whatever when they made that thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's not, she's not a believable teenager. No, so, no, it is. Okay. It is completely the opposite. There is a part where she is, uh, dancing to Oreo Speedwagon while the, uh, the corpse boyfriend <laughs> plays it on the piano. Yeah. And I'm like, I've seen that girl. I mean, I know that girl who's like, thinks she can sing and thinks she can dance and is expressing herself, <laughs> but really kind of fucking can't. It's like, God, I, I, yeah, I loved that. I, I loved the look. I loved the colors. Um, and would it this does have gone not as take a... itself very seriously. I should say it's like, there's, there's a whole lot of lines that are left, uh, unexplained, a lot of characters and motivations and exactly who the fuck is the the axe murderer who killed her mom they don't go into it because they're not interested in any of that like none of it has to make sense it's just about it's just it's it's almost like a vibe movie right more than i though i am pretty sure that her dad uh killed her mom Mm, it could be because because he he like the mom is dead he ends up marrying the other woman the woman ends up dead he ends up with the daughter which is who we wanted to end up with all the time because in the end they go to fuddruckers on what appears to be a date would would this have worked as a as a tim burton vehicle you think oh it looks like a tim burton vehicle there's okay. so a lot of scissor hands i mean that's yeah, kind of the, the vibe i'm getting off your descriptions a here, lot so. of scissor hands yeah if it was okay. in the 80s ish they they they're kind of lifting from it and they're doing it well okay. i'm gonna i'm gonna say the costume designer nails it almost almost yeah. two on the nose like it is not at all the sort of like modern the 80s was like this but it's really neons and stuff that's no it's actual like accurate stuff yeah. um one so one girl wearing those horrible what do they call they were like shorts but it was more like a skirt and it was like horrid but like they were <laughs> they were all over the 80s i saw one girl wearing it but only one girl so it wasn't like they were making a statement about those shorts mm-hmm. you would see the right stuff in the background a lot it was like yep <laughs> did the girls have like the uh the hair shelf in the front you know when they would do their bangs with all the <laughs> there, was, there were a couple but there's the main okay. character she over crimps her hair yeah and later on uh a boy is <laughs> trying to help her up and he, he touches her hair and he says your hair feels like easter grass <laughs> <laughs> okay i'll have to check it out yeah it sounds- it's i mean it's a trifle right it's, it's not an important oh, yeah. movie <laughs> It's just do we, silly, but it's do we fun. really need was was Oppenheimer even an important movie? I mean, shit. No, Oppenheimer yeah. was another uh, biopic that I could do without. <laughs> I'll watch it again on TV. Maybe I was unimpressed by the IMAX display, but no. What you should watch is the Napoleon, which I haven't watched yet. I hear that's just funny. the batch. 
the batshit craziness of just reinterpreting actual history so that you yeah. can make this giant goofball epic. Yeah. Uh, it just, well, looks, that's, that's, yeah. uh, um, uh, uh, Scott, uh, Ridley Scott. He, he has yeah. this habit of doing historical pieces and going, I utterly do not care about what really happened, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, this is not history. This is entertainment. I saw a clip of Napoleon act yelling at uh, the British general. You think you're so tough because you have boats. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. It's going to be nutty. I think the, the one that got me for the trailer was the, the scene where it's Napoleon and his army, but the pyramids in the background and they're like firing cannons and into the pyramids of Egypt. I'm like, give, give me a fucking break. Like, did yeah. that actually happen? I That's like, it almost that's sort of an urban myth that the reason uh uh the sphinx doesn't have a nose is that uh somebody like <laughs> uh, like like napoleon's army yeah took a pot shot at it and blasted the nose nice. off but uh, i don't know that there's and you know was ever any talk that they just no, yeah randomly unloaded all of their ordnance on yeah. <laughs> on the there's no the historical end. record yeah okay. just that one just that one uh uh so yeah. shifting gears a bit, I was talking to Chris right before uh, we got on the call here, and yeah, uh, we're waiting for you to wake up, Eric. Got, got to talk about, <laughs> um, you know, we're moving into the realm of the '90s nostalgia, and the I we got to talk about how the Grebo bands are suddenly back out on the road. Like, there's a there's really? a tour with Papua Eat yeah. itself and Jesus yes. Jones in Australia, and I fucking want to see this. Six Six Sputnik. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm Pop asking if they're doing one too. Uh, I, I have not heard I don't of think any they were part of that Nick revival yet, but wouldn't oh, that be yeah. something? Yeah. I don't know if they were actually part of that. The Grebo thing. They were more their own tip. Oh, uh, okay. But this is more like Populate itself. Ned's atomic bus dustbin. Jesus Jones, EMF car. The yeah. acceptable sex so machine. EMF has a new album and you know how every now and then we're like, Hey, here's a new album. That's actually pretty good from, from this artist, the new EMF album isn't one of those uh, um that's shocking it's not that's unbelievable brian that's unbelievable thank oh, you i'll see myself oh, now okay. <laughs> oh he, yeah no. he ecstasy so, here's, yeah. here's yeah. the thing about it though, uh, that, that i need to say their new single is the song hello people and i'm pretty sure and i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna edit them together right after i say this but i'm pretty sure it's exactly the same song as emf's children in that it's the same chord progression, same melody line, and it even has the same, like, siren sample in it, but it's just a different song. just they were sampling a little too much of their own schubert dip so yeah me. so it's like it's like ems nickelback moment or something right <laughs> ew ew <laughs> and i'll uh, still go see him if they come to town come on guys get your asses over to the western united states all of you yeah really i mean i would go see pop lead itself 
I would I oh, would definitely 100%. try that anytime because because uh, that's a band I never saw live, but I have like all of their yeah. catalog. And I basically. never understood why they didn't become a bigger thing. I I think they, they were just they too... felt like the kind of band everybody should fucking be into. That one album is amazing. And oh, which one album? All of them. This is the hour. Yeah, like, but I, I mean, I think of this Go is Box the hour Frenzy. And, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I remember playing Go Box Frenzy like a lot in high school just yeah. a lot like it it was barely ever out of the rotation it was just it was stupid how much i listened to that i, I think that was uh, dreamcoat's amazing technicolor joseph that got us into them yeah could be could be he was well no because that was yeah it could have been i don't know but yeah um, yeah but good times good times they, he was yeah. your taste maker at the time right well, he lived in L.A., so he was getting all of, like, the cutting-edge stuff from, like, K-Rock and whatever. Yeah, except so, Go Box Frenzy was high school, because we were totally playing that, like, in the drama room <laughs> in high school. Right, right. But I'm saying that, that he, he was our, our sort of L.A. connection, if yeah. you will. Yeah. And so, you know. Yeah, he tested but, uh, out a high school completely and just went straight to L.A., didn't he? Yeah, so he, he did. In high school, he could have been, like, forwarding you the... Oh, that's you're right. That does all add up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm 15 years old and I just had group sex at an orgy. Want to hear what was playing on the sound system? <laughs> but yeah, but I, I love Box Frenzy just because it starts with Gribo Guru and it's the most asinine song, but it is so goddamn earwiggy and it just it segs into Beaver Patrol and then Let's Get Ugly. I mean, it's just the whole album is just it shouldn't work, but it just it did. And it still does, so I'm so excited for Grebo re- resurgence, I guess you will. Yay. <laughs> uh, it's a good time. All right. Good what time. else we got? How how are we gonna wrap this up? Who's got who's got some fresh shit? Oh, I, I actually saw a new movie, not in the theater, but a twenty twenty four theatrical release. Mm. Uh <laughs> and it's I urge you to watch this just for shits and giggles. Uh Jason Satham's latest The Beekeeper. Yes! Oh, I want to see that. I want to see it a lot of revenge, so, a lot of fuck you killings. Yeah. It is so dumb. Uh, but it's directed <laughs> by uh, David Ayer, first of all. So that'll give you an idea of what kind of cinematic genius you're dealing with here. Uh, the, the Veiled it, Suicide it, Club guy? Is that him? Yeah, the, the director of Suicide Squad. Uh, he did Training Day, or he wrote Training Day, I guess. Uh, but he directed... Uh, Suicide Squad. He did that show or that movie, Bright. Yeah, with Will Smith, uh, etc. But the Beekeeper stellar, by stellar Kurt, resume. <laughs> yeah, it's written by Kurt Wimmer, who, if you're not familiar with his work, go check it out because he's another one of these like genre dudes. But he wrote and directed uh, Equilibrium, which is like a Matrix ripoff. He did Ultraviolet, which is sort of uh, a ripoff of. Oh, What's that's the like the TV show? I think or yeah, yeah. they actually used the phrase yeah. gun foo. I think yeah. that is a thing that was invented uh, by that movie. But he also uh, was a writer on Salt, uh, which is important because when you watch The Beekeeper, I'm like, okay, so this is basically they they took Jason Bourne and John Wick and then sprung it out into your typical tale of the stoic uh reluctant 
retired super agent who comes back into action to go rogue and kill a bunch of people for doing people wrong. Uh, and there's a dash of salt in it because it's <laughs> it, you can just see all of the DNA. I'm like, this is just an amalgam, but it looks like one of the movies that would come out straight to video in the early 90s. So it's like a Scott Speedman or like uh, before Steven Seagal really went gangbusters. It just has that sort of production value about it. Mm. But the worst part is it's not even fun because Jason Statham literally is a one note through the entire thing. It's just this like automaton That's killing machine. All Jason Statham movies. Exactly. But if you look at him in like a, to just look angry. Well, if you, <laughs> but if you look at him in stuff like Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels or Snatch, he's actually, you know, got some life in him. But here it's just he might as well be a Terminator because he's just basically going after uh, this like multi-billion dollar conglomerate that made all its money by uh, data mining and scamming people. And so it starts with him, actually an actual beekeeper on a farm somewhere. And um, the mom from Cosby, what's it? Uh, Lisa Rashad. It. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she has taken him in and the only reason you know that is because he tells her point blank uh no one's ever helped me out before and He's so in. they have Thank a little for taking yeah. me in did they mention taking <laughs> and they, <me> in? <laughs> and they it's, it literally like starts off like the like the key and pill sketch where they're doing uh like every 80s action movie with the guy living in the woods who's got to get called back into action but then fucks everything <laughs> up uh but he's but it turns out he's a what's called a beekeeper which is like super secret treadstone jason Bourne program that nobody knows about and their job is to just correct any aberrations in the hive nobody knows so that it can were, function or what they would do <laughs> <laughs> and but so statham just says a lot of shit like you've got to protect the hive you've got a blah 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 pseudo philosophical bullshit that means absolutely nothing but it sounds cool coming out of me because i've got no tone i mean it's just that uh but the but uh the woman who takes him in gets fished by this uh like crooked corporate telemarketing thing and they just clear out her entire life savings bank account etc so she ends up killing herself turns out her daughter works for the fbi so then the, that's the fbi agent that starts chasing statham around and his name is adam clay like that's the most like a generic action movie name ever uh and that's she's played by the woman from uh the uh oh shit my brain is totally fried the the netflix show with the family of mutants uh umbrella academy so she's the uh i i heard a rumor girl oh, okay uh but she's playing like the broken alcoholic uh FBI agent who's basically burned out her entire life for her career, blah, blah, blah. She's got a partner who's kind of glib, but smart. He's just there for comic relief, blah, blah, blah. And so basically Statham just begins to go through the list to find these people that stole all this woman's money. And he like burns down a call center. He kills everybody. He just like gets all, all the way up to the presidency. <laughs> I'm not spoiling anything, but, uh, how could and you then be? it becomes how could you yeah <laughs> and so it's got a, like a, a it's got like a pseudo roland emmerich vibe like if roland emmerich did john wick that's basically what this is 
and it's just fucking ridiculous <laughs> but you tell me when you watch it eric how you feel about it because it's just it was it was 90 minutes of just escapist yeah it sounds like garbage. everything i love which is revenge and violence because i'm yeah. fucked up and that's all i want that's all i want for the rest of my life i only have a few years yeah. left i want to find the people who done me wrong and kill them horribly yeah, yeah. well the the problem is that it uh unlike john wick which is this, basically the same type of story like in John Wick, the, the the gangsters kill his dog, and then he basically takes vengeance. In this one, they actually literally at one point roll up to the farm because they've found the beekeeper, and they shoot. <laughs> they literally shoot all of his beehives that he's got going, and then that starts the <laughs> rampage. I'm like, come yeah. on. Come it on. seems like that would start the rampage of the bees. The bees, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, they, they swirl about, and they go around. Uh but I'm just waiting for because they totally set up the sequel. So now I'm waiting for the Beekeeper two, you know, the straight to video, whatever. Man, uh, but uh, if but if that's the if that's the best they got at the start of 2024, we are all fucked. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, this is the best we've got at the start of 2024, and yeah, we're all fucked. So you yeah, know, hope totally. it gets better. If you want to find out if it's better, subscribe to the podcast. Or uh, if, you, if you think it's good enough, you know, share it on your social media feeds with friends. And uh, you find all the ways to reach us, our Instagram, our, our uh, shitter, Twitter, whatever, the X, Twitter. Uh, doesn't matter. Go to maghuge.com, M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com, and find all of our old shows and ways to reach us. I just and realized this this show today, it was a reshoot. That's pretty it, cool. We it was. A reshoot. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm speechless. And yet we're still talking. Yeah. All right. Good day. Well, it's what we do. It's what we do. I said good day. <laughs> <laughs>